0: Welcome, everybody, to the Two Minute Drill Podcast. This is your host, Michael Homan, and I am here with friends this time. I have Matthew Shetler and Jake McClanahan here. We are going to do a limitless edition of the Two Minute Drill Podcast. We are still going to go through all the games of the week, cover all 32 teams, and we're still going to cover the betting line. So we're going to tee up the spreads, pick our favorites. I'm anticipating Matt and Jake are going to have different ideas on the games than I am, which is why we're doing this whole thing in the first place. Going to have some more intelligent conversation than just whatever's going up in my dumb brain and have some more differential opinions on how you might approach betting these games, but also fantasy wise, because I'm going to have these guys also pick a guy that they think might go off in fantasy for the week. And we're going to go ahead and tee off this with the Sunday slate of games. We'll start on the CBS side of things, looking at New England visiting the New York Jets. This one is definitely not a sexy game, probably one that you your eyes don't necessarily want to pay attention to. New England, when I originally looked at it, they were favored by six. It's been bet down to five and a half on my end. I took New England minus six. I definitely take them at minus five and a half.
1: What are your guys' thoughts on this game? Yeah, I definitely I'm definitely taking them here, Um, especially if you look at it, too. I mean, I feel like the Patriots at minimum, they're going to find a way to scheme. Yes, it's on the road, but it's against the Jets. And I just feel like they'll be able to scheme their way to at least like 21 points. And considering like the Jets, they only put up 14 against Carolina last week. And we know what Belichick does to rookie quarterbacks. I think Zach Wilson, I love his talent. He throws a pretty ball but I think he's in for a rough day today uh, on Sunday against uh, Bill Belichick and uh, you know Darth Hoodie over there in the New England defense
2: yeah I'm uh, definitely leaning that way too I like New England minus five and a half Um, just New York Jets until they prove me otherwise they're still the New York Jets Patriots I'll take Belichick over uh, Bob Sala any day and just watching that New York team last Sunday, Zach Wilson looked like he was in a lot of trouble for most of the game. And correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't they just have a lineman go out as
1: well too? their right tackle or left tackle? Left tackle. I think it's Mekdi Becton. Yeah. I mean,
0: yeah. With... yeah. Becton yeah. Something
1: like I that Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, six, yeah, seven, six, seven, three 40, absolute monster. Over there. And after that happened, I mean Wilson, he had no time in the pocket whatsoever. You tee up Dante Hightower, whoever the person the Belichick pulled off the street to get 10 sacks this year. Everyone's gonna be teeing up on Zach.
2: Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm taking taking New England. Also, I have the line at 42 and a half. I might also take the under on this. It's just gonna be the battle of the rookie QBs. I don't see a ton of points. Being scored. So for fantasy wise, that's also very tough to call. Um, for New York, I'm still going with Corey Davis, sticking with the well. Let's scout these rookie quarterbacks, these new offenses. Let's see what's going on. It seems like Zach Wilson is comfortable with Corey Davis. And in a very uncomfortable offense, you need somebody that you can rely on. So i'm liking corey davis for new york
1: yep agreed there too especially because with stefan gilmore still out for the first six weeks on ir that means their best corner at this point would probably be jc jackson for uh, new england who plays in the slot so he'll be working on either jameson crowder if he's back from the COVID list or uh you know elijah moore the rookie a lot of potential there but until you see it it's still that it's just potential so Davis looks consistent on New England side, favorite player. I love Damian Harris this week. I think if they control the game from start to finish, they're going to be able to control the clock. We already saw Harris get 20 plus touches this last week against Miami. And I feel like they'll be in complete control and just impose their will with that offensive line. And Harris, I could easily see hundred yards and a touchdown or more for Damian Harris this week.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm leaning the Harris side too, when it comes to New England. I know with their running backs, it's always scary starting one of their running backs just by history's past, but the way that offense moves, the way Mac Jones moves within that offense, it's very much a Brady-esque offense, so it's a lot of moving the ball through the air as like a run type style, so yeah, I like Damian Harris a lot this week.
0: So, I'm looking at Just a random prop bet here. Mac Jones. Does he throw his first interception? The over under is only 0.5. If you bet over it's plus 100.
1: Considering I can't name a single cornerback for the jets right now, off the top of (laughs) my head, I'm going to say no. That's kind of where I was leaning. I was like,
2: Ooh, I like the plus 100, but uh, I don't know more than one person on that defense to be real honest with you all
0: right guys then let's go ahead and keep
2: it moving where we have
0: denver taking on jacksonville jacksonville is the home team and denver when i got it was at minus six you guys see a different spread on that game
1: still minus six yep that's what i'm seeing and i'm slamming the minus six yep denver has an elite secondary elite. Um, and on top of that, you've got Von Miller and Bradley Chubb on the line there as well. I think Chubb actually is still kind of dealing with an ankle injury. So I'm not quite sure what his status will be for the game. But regardless of that, too, you look what they did. They just completely stifled the Giants. And I really don't think Jacksonville is going to be any all that much better. On top of that, Jacksonville is officially set in the NFL record, where they've now officially allowed more than 21 points, three touchdowns, um, in about 16 consecutive games, which is the NFL record. So at that point, I don't think Jacksonville scores more than maybe 17 tops. Yeah. Jerry Judy went out, which is a bummer for the Broncos, but I'll take Teddy the running game and, um, the best player prop that I've seen is that Noah Fant over 47 and a half receiving yards. I will slam that all day. He had 62 last week against the Giants, and he's uh after Judy went out, he was running almost exclusively routes from the slot, which should take over.
0: Nice dude. My over on Noah Fant is only
1: 45 and a half.
2: All right, I'll collect the money then. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely taking um the Broncos minus six. Still Jacksonville. Still, in my eyes, probably going to be the worst team in the league this year. Um, they don't know if even Urban Meyer is going to be here for the remainder of the season or not. So that's going to be very interesting if he likes that USC job or not. But, yeah, I'm, I'm hammering the Broncos on this one. I just, I just don't see Teddy Two Gloves losing this one at all. Um, I love Noah Fant. This game, I think he's going to, without Jerry Judy, he's going to be the star of the show. On the Jacksonville side, that's where it also gets a little tough, too. I kind of like Chark only because of the targets that he got, but that's such an interesting offense to trust really anybody in that offense. What do you think?
1: It's going to be interesting because I believe uh, Ronald Darby for the Broncos just went out this past week, so he'll miss this week's game. So now we're going to see um, their first round pick, number nine pick, I believe it was uh, Patrick Sertain, the star rookie being sent in. So it looks like he would probably be matching up with Chark or potentially Marvin Jones, depending if they do a shadow scenario, or just play left, right cornerback situation. So I do think the targets will be there. Um, it's I feel like that I feel like Jacksonville side is just a coin flip. Uh, I'm sure someone will catch a touchdown. Um, I would lean maybe in the, in this game specifically, I guess if I'm picking a coin flip, I'd say Marvin Jones, just cause he's the best contested catch guy on the team. And if the Broncos do have tight coverage, well then at that point it could be Marvin, but I really don't know.
0: All right, beautiful guys. Let's move on to maybe a more fun and more entertaining game in the Las Vegas Raiders traveling to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers. Raiders coming off a huge win against the Ravens in that overtime thriller on Monday night. Steelers beating up on the Bills defensively, shutting down that really high powered offense. So their front seven is still elite. I see the spread as Steelers minus five and a half. I personally went risky last week for some reason, I have a theory that Raiders play up to their opponents, play down to the bad ones. I took Ravens in the point. I mean, the Raiders in the points last week. I picked the Raiders in the points again. What do you guys think?
2: <laughs> uh, that's a so the spread's kind of kind of big. I kind of like the Raiders in the points. I'm taking Steelers and line. I think they win, but I just think it's going to be a closer game. We saw how the Raiders played the Ravens. On Monday night. Yeah, it was kind of an ugly game, but it was still very close, very competitive. Whenever the Raiders needed a play, somehow, some way Derek Carr didn't overthrow or underthrow one of his receivers or Darren Waller. And they ended up getting plays there. Steelers also look, they they do look really tough. So I'm really, really nervous about this one but i i i like the raiders on the actual points on this they also have the over under as 46 and a half which is a pretty high over under um which fantasy wise i'm very excited about so for the raiders again how can you deny 19 targets i know 40 of those 19 targets were off target but you can't yeah. deny the 19 targets. I just think Darren Waller is gonna have a monster game. He's gonna have to have a monster game if the Raiders have really any hope against this tough, formidable Steelers defense.
1: Yeah, this game's but this game is I was looking at the spread, it was bothering me a bit. I do think I would take the Raiders on that I hate the Raiders, I do, but at the same time, looking at the spread itself. Um, it's interesting. I actually am going to go against that. I don't think Darren Waller is going to have as huge of a game, this game specifically. And what's interesting is Waller has played four games against the Steelers in his career in that, in those four games, he has a total of four catches for 45 yards. Now, some of that was, I'm sure, you know, as he was earlier in his career before he fully exploded, I mean, like you said, 19 targets is 19 targets. You're going to scheme your best player open regardless. Um, but I do think the Steelers have been really good at ferocious pass rush and then trying to take away your top weapon. So it wouldn't surprise me at all to see like a rugs deep touchdown this game Edwards continuing, um, you know, with maybe a second game with some momentum there. So I, I don't really want to bet this game, um, but I would probably take the Raiders. If, I mean, four points seems very reasonable. So to have a five and a half spread, that's just, that's a lot especially coming off that emotionally charged win against the Ravens, that's a lot of momentum that you can build on.
0: So for you guys, I want to know your thoughts on this wide receiving core in Pittsburgh. When I'm looking at the betting odds, basically they're telling me that Deontay Johnson is going to be the highest pass catching option. What do you guys think between Deontay Johnson, Juju
2: Smith-Schuster, and Chase Claypool? Who's going to be the best bet? So I think that every single week until honestly, until about week four, week five, when we start seeing real trends, it's going to be a toss up until we see either who's their number one guy. I think Deontay right now is their number one guy. So I think he's going to have, if anybody, he's going to have the best game or he's the one that I would trust the most to have the best game. Um, But I think until we really see trends and honestly, I want to see Juju really prove it in the slot again and become the Juju that we've seen before, because if he can get back to that, to being the slot, being that number two guy, the one that's going to relieve all the pressure. That's going to be a very, very scary offense, especially if Naj- Najee can figure it out and pick it up, which I truly, truly believe he can and will do here sooner rather than later. Um, I think that's that can be a very, very scary receiving core. Right now, I just don't trust who that is. I lean Deontay. I just, I just don't know though right now.
1: Is wrong? No. I, I, you know what? When it comes to that, I think the catch is – I I might, in this game specifically, I might take Claypool as the yardage leader, but Deontay is going to get the most targets. Deontay is, he he gets 10 targets every single time he plays with Ben, unless he goes down with one of his many injuries that seems to frequently happen throughout the course of the game. Um, Deontay, I think 10 targets, like eight catches, 70 yards minimum. That's like a Deontay line, but I could easily see Claypool here. Four for 80 plus and a deep touchdown against a suspect Raiders secondary. I mean, yeah, they they kind of handled Lamar Jackson, but Lamar Jackson, can he throw the ball? I mean, yeah, kinda sometimes depends. But then again, can Ben? Well, so we'll see. Um, I yeah, Jake, I'm sorry. I know that I shouldn't be talking bad about the Ravens. You already had to deal with a lot, the loss as a fan, have your soul ripped out. But to answer your question, Mike, I, I would okay. probably say claypool, yeah, Claypool yardage, uh, Deontay for the targets.
0: Cool, cool. Matt's right, because that's what I said, too.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. We're
0: going to move on to Houston at Cleveland. Cleveland come up short against Kansas City Chiefs. They had the lead most of the game, but Patrick Mahomes did Patrick Mahomes things to take the win. Houston, everyone thought they were going to suck. They went up on a, a, a up against an even more crappy team in the Jacksonville Jaguars last week. Surprising a lot of people. So the spread is Cleveland minus 12 and a half is what I saw. Are you guys seeing the same spread? And
2: who would you like with that? Um, Yeah, I'm still seeing 12 and a half on my end. That's a big spread. I'm taking Cleveland though. It's just because of how big the points are of the spread. I wouldn't mind if you dabbled in taking Houston. Um the money line obviously is -650 so don't take the money line. But I'm still taking Cleveland over over Houston. I'm I'm still leaning the points on Cleveland as well too. Cleveland's just a very freaking good team. The Nick Chubb is Absolutely insane. Their offensive line is a very, very, very talented. Their receiving core, even without OBJ, is good. My biggest question with them is what can Baker do? Is he the quarterback, the true first round, number one overall draft pick? Um I'm this is a tough one for me to bet because of the line, but I, uh, I would
1: take Cleveland's points on this one as well. I'm smashing Cleveland. Uh, Kansas City, is—I would, would you guys both agree that Kansas City is probably a better defense than the Texans? Yes, yes. sir. Uh, Kansas City uh, only stopped the Browns once. There was one punt in that entire game. Now, Browns had a couple... Shitty turnovers. There were like more. Just it was just a fumble, kind of just letting things go from there. But, Those are ups too. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So, but like <laughs> Nick Nick Chubb. I mean, w- we saw what the Yeti, Derrick Henry, did against the Texans last year. He averaged like 170 rushing yards per game. Nick Chubb's gonna feast. They're gonna control the clock. And on top of that, thing is, I actually think one of the more underrated stories from last week that isn't gonna be given enough attention to just yet is that the Cleveland defense was playing lights out for most of that game. And if it wasn't for some very ill timed turnovers there and some Patrick Mahomes magic, which we're very used to at this point, uh, the Browns were in control of that game for quite a significant amount of time. It was 22 to 10 quick. They came out, they tried to punch him in the face, went for a two-point conversion right off the bat. I don't think they're going to let off. They know that this is a like a really it, – it's a – it could be considered a gimme against the Texans, but I think they're going to come out and just ram it. Um, I, I would I would absolutely take the uh, Browns at minus 12 and a half in this game.
2: So as far as face value goes, and on paper, I
1: agree with you.
2: I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong. I just think the Houston Texans with uh, Tyrod as their quarterback aren't as bad as what, everybody said that they were going to be I think they're a little bit better No, I'm not saying they're in the upper echelon of teams by any means but 12 and a half that's a lot of points I think they can make it a touch like a 10 point game like I I think Houston is better I'm just trying to I'm giving credit to Houston more than what Other people are, and I could be very, very wrong on that, but I think Houston with Tyrod isn't as bad of a Houston team than we thought they were going to be this year.
0: So I'm going to jump in right here because I wrote up when I was picking this game, I wrote up an argument to be contrarian and take the Texans in the points. I saw a lot of the same characteristics that Jake brought up, I see a group of head coach who no one thinks like should have got even gotten a shot. Cause why has it taken him this long to get a head coaching job? I see a lot of veterans that are like gone and forgotten. Like there are so many times watching highlights where I'm like, oh yeah, that guy's still in the league. Cool. Um, so they got all have this like energy chip on their shoulder. And then I asked myself while I was writing that. If I picked this team and I actually put money on it, would I feel dumb for losing that bet? And the answer was a resounding yes. So I switched my pick.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just think 12 and a half is a lot of points. And Jake. I just don't think Houston's getting enough credit. I'm not saying they deserve all the credit. I just don't think they're getting enough credit for being a team that you can roll out on Sundays and be competitive.
1: Here's the catch. This is the average Joes against the Purple Cobras. I'm not betting on the average Joes in this situation. Even though the... Sorry. I know unless there's $50,000 and a gym on the line there, I'm (laughs) sorry. I, I don't think I can take it, man. There's nothing impressive to me about beating the worst team in the league. It's only proving that you're no longer the worst. You've moved up one spot. So considering that I have the Browns as a top five roster... Um, I will take I'll take the points
0: on the Houston side, fantasy wise, other than Brandon Cooks, are you willing to start Mark Ingram in a pinch or is he still not worth a spot start even in a flex?
1: How desperate are you? I'm asking for the
0: people. I don't have him on my squad.
1: (laughs) No, I'm asking the people this. How desperate are you? (laughs) Um, yeah, I, on the Texans side, look. there's one player that I'd monitor with the Texans moving forward. And that's Nico Collins, keep track of his usage and see how he starts to perform over the first few weeks. Um, he's a third round pick. Uh, they just brought him in, had a lot of preseason hype. They said he had moved up the depth chart. Problem with that is, I mean, Tyrod Taylor, the only fantasy relevance wide receiver he's ever supported was Sammy Watkins, Um, And Sammy was, I mean, he was like borderline top 12, top 15. So having him support two, that's questionable as it is. Um, I mean, even Brandon Cooks, it was four for 120. And there were some deep contested catches that I don't know if I would bet on that exact thing to happen again. Um, If anything, I would say the, the dart throw move this game might actually be David Johnson. Cause I have them trailing the entire game and David is the third down pass catching back. I can see him pull off five or six catches. So if you're in a full PPR league, you may be able to just get scrounge by and get, you know, 10, 12 points, maybe just with a baseline, who knows, maybe he falls into the end zone accidentally.
2: Yep. And for the Cleveland Brown side, no secret here, smash hammer, Nick Chubb, he's going to absolutely destroy that Texans defense.
1: On the sleeper side, I'd throw obviously Jarvis Landry has always performed when Odell Beckham is out. So if you have him, I would upgrade him from more of like a flex wide receiver three to potential wide receiver two consideration. Um, but also my deep dart throw, Jake. I may or may not play him against you this week, depending on what I need. Um, is actually Donovan Peoples-Jones. Um, he led the T the wide receivers okay. in snaps. Oh, okay. All right. We'll see. <laughs> he led the team in snaps last dead. week and he had a lot of chemistry with Baker down the stretch playing in that role. I could easily see the Browns establishing the run and taking a couple out deep, a- deep play action passes. So we'll see how it plays out, but that would be my dart throw on both sides. If you have a little bit of a desperate need and they're both on, well, people's Jones is on waivers in most leagues. Anyways, I'm Ooh, fine cool. with you playing him. As a as a reminder, uh,
0: for what I said in my podcast, I threw out uh, David and Joku as a sleeper tight end. He's available in
2: almost every league and he
0: got a lot of targets last week.
2: Yeah, if you have like Giseki, that'd
1: be a good that'd be a good substitute. Yeah? If Pivot you, if if you still have Giseki, it's 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 Wednesday. Waiver's already cleared. Why is he still in your team?
3: <laughs> You're wrong. <laughs> You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So let's move on to the Fox side of the morning slate of games where we have the Buffalo Bills heading down to Miami in a divisional matchup. Buffalo, of course, coming off of a defensive slugfest against the Steelers coming out empty. Surprisingly, now heading down with the potential in a tough matchup against Miami. What do you guys got? I see the slate. Looked at a spread of three and a half favoring the bills, despite them being away in Miami. What do you guys
1: think? So this one, uh, this would be my upset pick of the week. Um, the spread that I'm seeing is four and a half currently right now. But even if with, even with that, this would be my upset. One of my upset picks of the week. Um, I believe playing in Miami in September is absolutely brutal. 90 plus degrees. Humid is all hell down there. Um, full tropic effect down there. And so the two, like the two of the home field advantages that really get underlooked sometimes are Miami and their record in September. Tom Brady and the Patriots had a history of struggling down there early in the year, um, just with the conditioning itself. I mean, conditions on the field can get up to 105, 110. That's a lot to deal with. Um, them and the Broncos and that altitude, those are two of the biggest early season advantages from a stadium standpoint. Um, I thought Tua looked quite good. Last week, and now on top of that, now the Bills have a solid secondary, and they were able to hold um, the Steelers down for quite a bit of that game. Um, however, though, we also have the return of Will Fuller this week, which is going to add a different element to the uh, to the entire offense of Miami. Now you have a pure field stretcher in it, Fuller. You've got the possession guy with Devontae Parker, and Jalen Waddle flashed for his first week out of the slot. He's just fast, and it's going to be hard to keep up with him so i actually think between miami's defense and that fantastic secondary um uh, i i think this could ease i would take uh i would take the points uh for miami in this game
0: would you be willing to go money line on miami
1: i would be willing to put money line on miami i wouldn't make that the focal point of many of my parlays um at the same time though i would definitely throw that in with a couple um, I'd probably try to throw that one in with a few other games, kind of like uh where I feel like like Washington uh Giants going under. I feel good about that one. I feel like the Broncos game could go under. So if I wanted to try to part uh, take both of those and then throw in something else to get better odds on it, I'd be willing to make a small bet on that and see what could come out of it.
0: Jake, do you disagree with the pick or are you on the same side on this one?
2: So this game I actually had a really, really tough time with because I'm on the same side of Miami is a very, very tough place to play. I also just believe in Josh Allen a lot. I think he is a special, talented quarterback. He has kind of that it factor. I know he's young. I know he just came off a loss as well, too. I think that Buffalo team is going to be. They don't want to go. zero and two. I think they're going to want to come out and they're going to want to try to beat the brakes off the Dolphins. Dolphins are going to make it very, very tough. This money, this line has me actually very torn because I could see it being a lot closer game. I might actually go with the Dolphins, but take the money line of the Bills, even though it's terrible odds on that. But I don't know. This one actually. This one's tough for me because, like I said, I, I believe in Josh Allen. I believe in that offense. I, I, I think divisional games be...
1: are always tricky too. They're, what they, divisional games? Yeah. are tough. They can be hard to predict sometimes too. Absolutely. And this is an important game for the the Bills too because yep. for next couple weeks too. Um, obviously they play Washington next week, which is um they would pro- they'll be favored there. It's still a tough, brutal defensive grind there. Then I believe it's like they get the uh, the Texans or the Jags. So then they get like a uh, an easy one, but then they play the Chiefs. So if you lose this game, even if you win the next two there, you go in and play the Chiefs. You're starting off the season two and three in, a, in, a, in an AFC East that looks good. You give the Dolphins a 2-0 start right there. This They could have major implications in the uh, playoff and the divisional race. Yeah, and
2: looks like I'm looking at FanDuel right now too. The odds are minus 10 for both, so even FanDuel is kind of 50 50 on, on this bet, is what it looks like. I might, I think I'm gonna go with Buffalo on this one. In fact, I just placed a bet for Buffalo, so
1: <laughs> all that's right, glad, I'm going with. glad we could walk through
2: that with you. <laughs> that was a struggle, I'm not gonna lie. I'm, I'm glad we. Did not come to a unanimous conclusion, but I came to my conclusion. Yeah, my notes w- that maybe didn't make it into my podcast,
0: but when I did make my pick of, I had I had worse odds. I had Miami plus three and a half. You guys said four or four and a half before. Um, I wrote three and a half points is a lot of points to be giving a team that just beat Bill Belichick and Bill's offensive line look suspicious
1: (laughs) yeah it did this is this will be an interesting game this is one of those ones where i can look like a total idiot come monday morning or sunday afternoon after the game's over there so we'll see um from a fantasy side though this one's going to be interesting too i don't really i'm not really high on too many players from either of them. Obviously, you're starting to Stefan Diggs because it's Stefan Diggs, arguably the best route runner in the league right now, if not top three or so. Um, now on Miami side, um, I I actually think part I think the best play would probably be uh Jalen Waddle or potentially probably Jalen Waddle or even Will Fuller. The reason why is because technically if, if Parker's still playing as the lead receiver, which it depends on how the Bills want to play that, but um, Tre'Davious White is one hell of a corner. So depending on who he decide they decide to have him shadow, more likely than not, that would be Fuller or Parker on the outside, which would lead at that point more of the slot openings where Waddle would step in to be open in theory there. So I can see Waddle having a good game on the Bills. Oh, yeah, on, on the Bills side though, um, one player to keep an eye on over the next couple of weeks would be Jeremy Davis. Um, he's a second year, second year player now, I believe, and um, he had a great, uh, great finish to the year. Manuel Sanders, he, he, he's always he always does his thing, but he could be old busted at this point. And if that's the case, then uh, I mean, obviously you have, you're going to have Cole Beasley getting his six catches for 50 yards and maybe falling into the end zone. But Davis looks like at a he has the talent to actually be someone that's an opposite, a threat opposite to Diggs. So he's a player I'm monitoring. Um, during this early portion of the season as well?
2: Yeah, so for Miami side, um, as much as I want to say, Will Fuller, I want to scout him out. I want to see what he looks like in that offense. I think Jalen Waddell could actually have a pretty good game um, on Sunday for Miami. I think he's a great flex play for that game if you need somebody. I know, Matt, you're going to enjoy me saying that. <sighs> Jake, um, real, real quick,
1: is this don't the worry about third? It. Is this the third player on my team that's starting against you this week that you're you know talking about now? Wasn't it Fanton Terry? Right? Don't and, worry and about it. Okay?
2: Don't worry about it. So, and then on um, Buffalo, obviously you're starting Diggs. Um, that's a that's a tough, tough offense. Um, if you need a flex play, I know. I mean, he's not able to get picked up or anything. But if you have Cole Beasley, I think he could have a very, very serviceable game on Sunday with, like Matt said, six, seven catches, a touchdown, 60, 70 yards of just kind of chunk it out. Just they need third down conversions. They need quick outs. I think think Cole Beasley can have, as far as flex play, can be a very good play on sunday as well
0: sounds good guys sounds good i was looking for prop bets on that game just to poke some holes in anything but uh, my app's not showing them for some reason so oregon sucks once again um san francisco 49ers go to philadelphia eagles which looks to be a game where we have like Two really high-powered offenses. Both of these teams are some of the more higher-scoring teams within Week 1. I personally had much lower expectations of the Eagles than they came out with, so they really surprised me. I thought that they looked really great in Week 1 against the Falcons. Could that be because the Falcons just suck? Maybe. But um, the Lions went up against the San Francisco 49ers, so it's not like they had a much better opponent. What do you guys think about these two teams pairing up this week?
2: So right now I have the line at three and a half. Um, I'm going to take 49ers minus three and a half. I think 49ers, if you just look at their final score and they covered against the Lions, that doesn't play the whole story of that game. They dog walked the Lions. They took out their starters. It was, they just beat the, beat the brakes off the lines Lions, Lions kind of crawled back and it was like, okay, let's throw our guys back in and then, That's kind of how it ended up. I think Philly's going to be a very good team. Not a very good team. They're going to be a good team this year. Their offense looks exciting. Jalen Hurts actually doesn't look bad. He looks like he's going to be a very serviceable, very good quarterback, especially for fantasy standards. I think Jalen Hurts is going to be a good quarterback for you guys. But, yeah, I'm taking the Niners, minus 3.5 on this game. Um, I just think they're a really good team. The NFC best is a very, very tough division. And I will just match up with the NFC best on this one.
1: The West is best. It it really is. I mean, shoot, even look, if you just want to look like the real quick pivot point, but even the AFC West there too, look what the Chargers, Chiefs, Raiders, um, Broncos, everyone in the West is undefeated right now. So that is, I'll take the Niners here as well. Um, mostly because I still don't, we, it's okay. This game is one of the more interesting of the week because this game is going to break or continue many narratives. Okay. And when I say that, so we've got, uh, so there's a couple things on the fantasy side. And then obviously then we also have just like the actual like football game itself. So from a spread standpoint, I'll take the 49ers. Um, I do think, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo played one hell of a game last week. They'll probably ease in Trey Lance even a little more. He was coming off of that, like uh, finger injury that he had. So he was kind of sprinkled in, but the narrative on this game is it's really interesting. You've got rookie Elijah Mitchell, who is he going to be coming in and actually being the full-time starter? Will he be splitting running the ball with Jamichael Hasty? Do we get Trey Sermon out of the doghouse and actually on the field to start to play now that uh, we have Raheem Mostert now uh, ruled out for the season? Um, is Kyle Shanahan think he's such a wizard that he's going to keep clearly their best receiver? Brandon Ayuk um, is kind of a spot where it's, is it the hamstring injury? Is it the performance? We don't know. I'm fully expecting the breakout and I can clear, I can very clearly state that, but at the same time now, I think this will become more of a passing affair on the 49ers side because of the Eagles defensive line. They absolutely mauled and terrorized the Falcons last week. And so if that's going to be the case, they've always been good at run stopping and rushing the passer. And if you can disrupt San Francisco's rhythm from a running game where they base a lot of their play action passing from, could that mess up the offense? I'm very interested in seeing this game. I, like I said, I will take the 49ers, but I could, I could see the Eagles being an upset here. Jason Verrett and the uh, 49ers secondary just went down with an ACL as well. So they've got a pass rush, but if it doesn't get there in time and Hertz can extend the play, what might be open down the field? This, is, this game's bothering me.
0: Yeah, I, I can say specifically for myself, I'm looking at what I had the spread at, at three and a half earlier. I'm looking on my app and it's been bet down to three. That hook Mm. made me go on the Eagle side. I took three and a half when it's at three, that would make me way more nervous. Um, that, even though three is really the key number, um, and it doesn't make too, too much of a difference. I, I guess my uh, that just makes me say that my confidence in the Eagles is just not very strong, but I definitely made that pick. I did side on the Eagles side of that bet. Um, and personally, again, it was because the Eagles came out so much stronger than I thought they would against a team that I thought would be a lot better. Specifically on the def- on the defensive side, the Eagles absolutely trounced what I thought was going to be an electric offense, even though the Falcons lost to Leo Jones, they had Kyler uh, Kyle Pitts, they have Calvin Ridley, uh, you know, Russell Gage can bust open a big play. So, and the fact that they were held to what, a field goal or two is crazy.
2: Yeah. So for this one, question for you guys. What do you think of the over-under on this one? They have it at 50 and a half. Do you think it's going to be a high scoring game cuz that's kind of also where i'm at i'm i'm unsure of what the game script is even going to look like in this game i'm it's it's going to be very interesting for sure
1: i, I mean consi- i i will take the oh. I I, actually, I don't, don't want to bet this one i don't <laughs> but the 49ers before they took the foot off the gas did have 41 points yes that is against the lions that is a questionable nfl team from a defensive standpoint anyways in some ways but Shanahan just knows how to scheme um you know even like two two years ago um you know when they went when they made their super bowl run they were everyone talked about the the Chiefs offense being just you know Mahomes was lighting the league up and everything but the 49ers were second in offense with 29.8 points per game then and i think they have better weapons now than they did then so they're going to know that the Phillies strength is on the defensive line. I would be, I wouldn't be surprised at all. I, I personally expect a lot of like quick wide receiver screens, um, type of just like quick passes to get the receivers in space, to try to make some movement and throw Philly's entire plan off. Shanahan does it better than most people. And he knows it. Hence why he's such an asshole when it comes to releasing his best player.
2: Very true. Yeah, I was just wondering, really, I was curious on that one.
0: I'm personally hoping for the under, but I think that, uh, sorry, I'm I'm personally hoping for the over, but I'm expecting the under. I would bet I would put my money on the under fantasy wise. I had sad days with Debo on my bench and losing last week. <laughs> and uh, I'm putting Debo in my lineup this week to correct myself. And so <laughs> I'm hoping that that
2: works out in my favor. I am too. I'm expecting Debo to have a good game. I just don't know what San Francisco's running game, who it's going to be. Are they going to, it sounds like they're going to activate a sermon, but is it going to be sermon? Is it going to be Mitchell? Is it going to be? Yeah. It's I just don't know what they're going to do on the, the backers end for the 49ers for the Eagles. I mean, I, I think this is a game for Jalen Hurts. I think he's going to end up scrambling a little bit. I think he's going to pick up some rushing yards, maybe even a rushing TD. Um. Or also look for Dallas Goddard, I think, could have a pretty decent game as far as that goes.
1: Well, it looks Zach Ertz might miss this week. Apparently as well, he was injured at the very end. I believe it was the last week's game. If that's the case, Goddard could have some very, he could have some real value um, because those two, Ertz taking away targets from him has really been one of the things that's been hindering his breakout and Goddard's a much better run blocker. So they've kept him in because Ertz is just basically useless in that category. So that's interesting. Watch for Devonta Smith to keep uh, going as well. He had a great game last week as well, scored his first touchdown in his first week. Uh, Congrats to him um, for his uh, entry into the NFL. So those are probably the people to watch. And then Niner side, yeah, it'll be interesting there. I mean, we know Kittle's going to Kittle, of course. Um, I do expect Debo to be fully involved in the game plan. Um, I don't think he's going to get 50% of the team's targets like he did last week. But that's okay because Brandon Ayuk's there, and he's going to be able to receive a lot. So we know that the team is really just saving their best player, uh, just like the Browns are with Odell for the stretch.
2: Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, that's a rough take. I I, I was with you with Ayuk, but uh... (laughs) it's all
1: right. Both of those. I'm
2: uh, I'm very proud that you're proud of those picks.
1: What else can I do? I can't (laughs) I can't turn them away at this point. I'd be turning away myself.
0: The Los Angeles Rams are going to take
1: on the Indianapolis
0: Colts. I see this game with the Rams being favored by three and a half. Personally, I don't think that's a very tough decision at all. I took that Rams minus three and a half. You guys have any different opinion on that one? Anyone willing, bold enough, take the Colts?
2: No. <laughs> no. 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 I can. I was gonna try to convince myself on the argument to take the Colts because it's like, oh yeah, it's the Colts. They're gonna. They won't lose twice in their home field. Yes, they will. But, but I, yeah, they will. Well, it's, I think the Rams are going to, not necessarily dog walk the Colts, but I think they're gonna have their way with them for sure.
3: I might even take
2: the over on this one as well, too, in 47 and a half. Um, I just think I think the Rams are going to score. I think the Colts can score score against them. Matt Stafford and that Rams offense is going to be a tough one to handle. And then also, I mean, this is hurting my over. Pick that I just did. But Jalen Ramsey on the defensive side, excuse me, he is a scary sight right now. They're throwing him all over the field. He's playing nickel, safety, corner, linebacker, playing up on the line. Shit, he's playing everywhere. So that team is going to be a very scary team throughout the rest of the season Um, i'm not excited that they're in the cardinals division that's for sure
1: yeah i really i really don't have much to say about this game overall um i think i feel like this one will be played out pretty straightforward um i think the colt's best chance is to pound the ball with jonathan taylor um and try to pull kind of a, a more efficient version of what the uh the bears were kind of able to do with david montgomery against the rams same time, considering Montgomery is the first person over 100 rushing yards in almost over a full NFL season, it's going to be tricky. The problem with the Colts right now, too, is they're waiting for Eric Fisher to come back at left tackle right now. So they're down to their third string left tackle. The rest of the allegedly,
2: is- he's coming back this week. Allegedly, oh,
1: okay. If that's the case, and that can help them quite a bit because they're already going to have to devote some time to uh, Aaron, mother freaking Donald in yeah. there. So that's going to be, if they're going to have a third string left tackle, that's going to be rough. Um, On top of that too, is the the Rams secondary. They play such a sound defensive scheme back there. It's hard to trust any, I can't trust any pass catcher on the, on the Colts. And I have many shares of Michael Pittman in a couple different leagues too. And from a fantasy standpoint, and unfortunately in one, I'm forced to start just because I'm waiting for Thomas and some other people that I don't trust. So I'm going to have to, I am not looking forward to it. I'm hoping the Rams just blow go 31-0, and then there's some garbage time from, from that point just to help. I think the Rams are going to roll. Henderson looked good, very good last week from a running standpoint. I think they will probably start to uh, – I- I'm interested to see if they start to ease in Sony Michelle at all this week as he starts to get more familiar with the system. Jake, I see you shaking your head because it's all about Henderson on your team. I, I understand that. Um, Personally, they won't. Okay. Um, but I'm also interested too is I want to see what happens. Like I want to see more uh, w- with, I think the most interesting person on the Ram side from a pass catching standpoint would be Robert Woods. Uh, Cooper cup was the clear beneficiary last week um, from a target standpoint. Um, the Rams also had some weird scoring where it's just these deep shots and it was just, the drive was over. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out this week. I expect more of a standard game plan. Um, the Colts did have a top 10 defense last year. So I think this will be more of, like, a dagger, like, kind of, like, like, I don't know, different, like, little slices rather than deep shots like they took against the Bears. Um, Yeah, it'll be an interesting game. Take the Rams and be safe.
2: Yeah, I'm very intrigued to see what Robert Woods' role is because, yeah, clearly Cooper Cup was their number one. Um, Robert Woods is still very talented, very good, so... To see that just the weapons on that team is just scary. Like, it's just Stafford, it's not a fun offense to go against at all. Yeah, Stafford looked so happy for like the first time in a long time. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It was, it looked like he was literally smiling as he was throwing the football. Like, he Uh, was just happy to throw the football.
0: One last little prop bet here. I'll go back to the Colts. Matt, you mentioned Jonathan Taylor over under on 61 and a half
3: rushing yards for Jonathan Taylor. I would take the over
1: on that. Uh, I mean, even, even, like, even if he's absolute garbage, he's going to get 20 carries. And is that, at that point, yeah, 20 carries, he's going to get more than that too. I don't know how efficient he's going to be, but I, I would definitely take the over on that. I'd take the over as well on that prop bet.
2: I just think they have to use him. I'm still very iffy on the uh, Colts receiving core until really one of them steps up and proves that they can be a number one, receiving, uh, number one receiver. Because without TY, there's no number one there anymore. Somebody has to show that they're the number one. I don't think any of them have right now. I think Pippen uh, Pippen or uh, even Pascal can really take that lead role, but I want to see it first from them. So if Colts have any shot, Jonathan Taylor has to have a good game. And then in a deep PPR league, nine Hines, he can really have a good game on Sunday. They're going to be down. It seems like, just by game flow. If you think that the Rams are as good as they are, like we do, it just sounds like they're going to be in a passing game game script. So Naeem Hines can have a really good game as well, too.
0: All right, guys, let's go ahead and wrap up that one and move on to Cincinnati, going to Chicago to take on the still led by Andy Dalton bears. Um, I see bears are still favored in this one,
2: two and a half points. What side do you guys have? So I actually picked the bears at minus three. Um, So I believe in the bears. I picked them at minus three. I got them at plus 100. Right now I'm looking at it. The bears are only one and a half. So they went down a full half a point, one and a half points since I picked them on Tuesday. And I still like the Bears. I they played for for playing the Rams and couple bad just miscommunications, couple bad plays. I thought the Bears actually played the Rams pretty well. It's in my eyes. It's still Cincinnati Bengals. I want to see how they actually are. I know they got a win last week off of a field goal, but Joe Burrow still took a bunch of hits. Chicago still has Khalil Mack. Quarterback and Khalil Mack. That's a match made in the hat in heaven. So I'm going to take the bears on this one. I loved my odds where I got them. Um, I didn't like the number as much with the number at with the spread where it's at now at minus one and a half. Pay attention to it because it looks like a lot of people are putting money on the Bengals. So if they keep putting money on the Bengals, if the are. Bears ever go positive, 100% take them the moment that they go positive on the spread. But it does look like the line's moving down. I got them at three. They're at minus a half. I'm still hammering the Bears.
1: I'll be happy to take your money because this game's all going to be about the Bengals there. Um, at the end of the at the end of this year, do you, do you actually do you believe that the Bears are a better team than the Vikings? Um, we're looking at this matchup. I understand that, but the difference is the Vikings actually at least have somewhat of a secondary. You got Harrison Smith, and All Pro safety back there. Patrick Peterson. Um, actually, never mind. Let me skip over yeah, here real quick. Come on. But the, the the Vikings have a good linebacking core. Eric Kendricks, couple people there. They've got a halfway decent D, uh, D line as well. And the the Bengals were able to play. It was a conservative game plan for the most part. It was Joe Mixon. That was their game plan for the most of it. And then opening up some deep shots. Um, there was a lot of negative buzz around Jamar Chase here this off season. But looking over the tape there, I thought he looked quite good. I mean he he made Patrick Peterson look like um, he was going through his diabetes year again.
2: That was so, embarrassing.
1: Yeah, so it, there's 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 a lot of potential there. So I do have the Bengals. Actually, I would take the Bengals on this in this game with the money there, um, simply because even if it's if it's three, there. I mean, the Bengals. I, I think the game is going to stay close. The Bengals line and their linebackers were able to hold Dalvin Cook to like seventy yards rushing on twenty attempts. That doesn't happen very often alone. So now you've got that. Yeah, Montgomery, yeah, he did had a great game against the Rams there. But if you notice inside that game there too, the Bears are down to their fourth string left tackle. Their offensive line, they lost two other people to injury during the preseason. That line is not in a good spot. So overall, I think just conservatively, if you look at the, the entire game, I think the Bengals will be able to run more of the plays that they want to be more consistent and keep it close and be able to take shots. The bear secondary is not what it used to be. Um, these are not, unfortunately these are not the days of peanut Tillman anymore. And, uh, Kyle Fuller and some other good players that have been on that team. I think the Bengals actually, I think the Bengals, not only do they win this, I mean, they win this game. Um, but I'll, obviously I'll definitely take the, the points as well in the spread.
0: Yeah. I'm, Definitely on the side of the Bengals on that one. I took Cincinnati two and a half uh, points. I truly feel like as long as Andy Dalton is still the quarterback. I'm getting the better team in the Bengals plus points. I would put the caveat out there that I would be much more nervous just because of the unpredictability factor if they threw in Justin Fields for this game. Um, But. Ultimately, I don't think that I have any faith based off of what I saw Andy Dalton do in Dallas last year and uh, against the Rams. I mean, it, the the highest receiving option for the Bears in that game only had forty something yards. Marquise Goodwin or something like that with forty six, forty seven, forty eight, some somewhere in that ballpark. Allen Robinson much no probably have a bounce. He, he's he's going to have a bounce back game, but I still think that. With the way that, they, I mean, the Browns were up, I mean, I mean, excuse me, the Bengals were up really early on the Vikings and they just kind of clawed back in. I think that they're, the Bengals are definitely capable of just getting up early, which will take the Bears and really their their main highlight real player for the last game was David Montgomery. He was the one who just looked good at what he was doing every time that he touched the ball. And he would be eliminated from that game script if Burrow can. And these Burrow-led Bengals are really not the Bengals of old. I feel like that team just carries that old stench. And with with Burrow out, yeah, obviously that's an issue. But with Burrow there, he's he's a difference
2: maker. You guys want to make it interesting then? Let's do it. What do you have a what do you propose? Um. Well, definitely not my idea. I will pay homage to one of my favorite podcasts, but you guys want to water bet this?
1: Uh, are
2: we taking the points or the game? Take the points. And that's what yeah. we're talking about right now. I yeah. mean, you guys both have the game, but I'll, I'll make it easy on you guys, and we'll do the points. i put it on the board. Okay, so we'll, we'll do it at the 1.5 that it's at right now.
1: It's uh, a 1.5? I have it at yeah. five. Yeah, I have it at 2.5 too. Jake, you're wrong. <laughs> uh, I literally just logged in and I'm at 1.5 on fandable For this one, we're going with Home Court Advantage, which is Mike in Oregon with the Oregon lottery. <laughs> so
2: So what what do you have it at, Mike? Yeah, we'll use yours. Two and a half. Two and a half?
1: Yeah.
2: Deal. Water about it. I don't
0: know how we virtually shake on that, but um, let's go ahead and move on. To the New Orleans Saints taking on the Carolina Panthers. The New Orleans Saints absolutely trounced the Green Bay Packers. And Aaron Rodgers looked bad. Jameis Winston looked like he got his eyes fixed, dude. He was slinging it. He got five touchdowns on the day. Carolina went up against the Jets. Are you really going to evaluate that performance? It does look like New Orleans is favored by three and a half. What is your take on this game in a divisional matchup?
1: Slam New Orleans here. Yeah, I'm all about New Orleans. I think that the other the most underrated part about New Orleans there, too, is every um, so in games where um, Drew Brees did not play the last two seasons, the Saints were still eight and one. It's a damn good record. And now, even though they don't have Michael Thomas and the weapons are a little bit suspect, I actually have like uh, Marquez a Callaway having a better game this week. Um, I think he was uh, taken out by Jair Alexander um, still, which is probably the only good thing that happened on that Packers defense last week. And you have Alvin Kamara, a top five offensive line and probably a top five defense, if not top eight at worst going against Sam Darnold. I mean, I, I now granted on the Saints side, um, Marshawn Lattimore is out. For this week he had a finger surgery so he's kind of weak to week at this point so the defense could like the secondary could take a little bit of a step back there but i mean sorry you're the panthers and you just beat the jets by five and now you're gonna go play the saints no nah, i'll i'll take saints uh i'll take the saints easy on this game
2: i am in agreement with this one it's Saints just look really freaking good right now. They dog walked the crap out of the Packers. I still think the Packers are a really good team. I don't think that's indicative of how good the Saints are. Like I don't want to overhype the Saints, but... They are still a very, very talented team. Um, They're only going to get better as the year goes on as well, too, which is also scary. I think Jameis Winston is a real quarterback. We'll see as the year goes on if he can control the ball. But like you said, Mike, it looked like he got his eyes fixed. It looked like he knows who he's thrown to now. And he knows who's on his team and who's not on his team. So I am taking the Saints on this one, too. Um, Carolina went up to three and a half. Last I looked, I think they started at two and a half. So it seems like the money is on the Saints right now. So you, if you think it's going to be a close game, and if you think that Sam Darnold and that offense can do something, it's Good McCaffrey. luck. It's kid- no, I was going to say it's, it's Christian stopping. McCaffrey. Good luck. Yeah.
1: So, so yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: So on Carolina Panther side, obviously like they just said, Christian McCaffrey, you're starting and playing All day long. I also think with the injuries to the saints, uh, DBs, I think DJ Moore can have a great game as well too. Great. Very he could have a very startable game for sure and he's um, for a touchdown. Yeah, I think he can't score a touchdown. So if there's a prop bet, I don't see any prop bets for this game right now. Um but if there's a DJ Moore touchdown prop bet, if you can parlay that with a Christian McCaffrey touchdown prop bet, I think those are their Panthers only two touchdowns that they get all game long. But yeah, I think and then the Saints, obviously, Kamara, you're, you're hammering him. Um, what do you think about Callaway this game? I know he didn't get a lot of anything much on the last game, but I think this game can be a very maybe interesting game for him to at least like wait and see what he can do. I think he could have a decent game to where people are going to be regretting either dropping him or happy that they held him this game? So personally,
0: I can tell you that I'm pretty sure that I dropped him in a league. I took into account the fact that, um, A, he wasn't one of the ones who came down with these five touchdowns that Jameis Winston threw. Uh, Obviously, that's just one game as a sample size. But also that game shows that Jameis was really spreading it around. Um, You know, no one got... Like a huge amount of targets, the the leading target receive pass catching option was actually Adam Troutman, the tight end. He didn't necessarily make the most out of those, but he he was the one who was receiving most of the targets. Um, I don't even know he. I think Marquez Callaway only got flicked his way twice, and he made one catch for 14 yards. So not necessarily um, the way that I would you know, a, a player that I would put a lot of fantasy hope in, specifically because this was a game where they were passing a ton, got a ton of passing touchdowns. And the guy that I truly, truly trust on this team is the running back, Alvin Kamara. So uh I mean I, he's gonna totally siphon off a ton of those um as well. He's a great receiver in his own right. So I, I really think that if Jameis Winston is going to start honing in on like the top players on his team, that's going to be Alvin Kamara. And then so far, he's favored throwing it to Adam Trout.
1: Yeah, I pretty much piggyback off all that real quick before we wrap this game up. Um, only thing is, I'm interested to see how Jameis plays in this game because even though he had five passing touchdowns, he threw for like 150 yards. Yeah. So they, yeah, it, it was very, it was very much run, establish the run to drop the pass, and they were in. They played literally like the perfect game it was extremely efficient from that standpoint so from a saint's standpoint i don't want to start anybody else besides camara i don't um i mean i guess like in a in like a special like a like a super flex or it's like a two quarterback type league yeah Jameis would be a fine option i suppose um inside on the panthers side i think dj moore will have a very consistent game I wouldn't project a touchdown. I mean, he's never scored more than four in a single season. So against a matchup like the Saints, I wouldn't project that. But who knows? Anything can happen um, from that standpoint. Um, I'd say the biggest two people to watch is watch the snaps and the targets with Robbie Anderson and Terrace Marshall. Robbie had like two targets the entire game. Now, one of them went for 57 yards and a touchdown but it looked like he was starting to now be used more exclusively as more of like a Deshaun Jackson type field stretcher. Whereas last year he was working a lot of the underneath routes. Um, and now Terrace Marshall, he's a six three two twenty five 225 receiver that is in the slot. So there's some potential there as well. It'll be interesting. The, the Panthers are one of uh, the more interesting teams to watch. I feel like over the first four weeks to establish how they're going to utilize those receivers. Um, just to see how the value plays out from a fantasy standpoint. Sweet.
0: Let us, those were awesome points, but let's move on to the Minnesota Vikings taking on the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals get home field advantage on this one after having an absolutely electric performance against the Tennessee Titans. That game was super fun to watch. The Arizona Cardinals looked great and they were super entertaining. As for the Minnesota side, we just saw them pull a loss against the Bengals. When I originally looked at the odds, I was seeing the Arizona Cardinals favored by four and a half. I see it right now, bet down to three and a half. What do you guys see?
2: I see it at three and a half as well, too. And I am hammering the Cardinals. That is very biased bet pick, but I don't care i'm hammering them they looked very 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 well on sunday um kyler is an absolute magician with the ball deandre hopkins um aj green even though i know he didn't have the best game that he wanted but he will clean up those minor errors that he had Christian Kirk was also a surprise, sneaky, electric plug-in there. I don't think he's going to be consistently that, but I am hammering the Cardinals on this. Their defense is, oh, my God, Chandler Jones, five sacks. That is insane. J.J. Watt with a force fumble and a, uh, I think he had a deflection as well, too. That line, that team. I'm hammering them. I'm very biased, but I am hammering the Cardinals on this game. Matthew I think Shutler. I'm taking.
1: I, I think I'm taking the Vikings on the money or uh, on the uh, the spread. Of you this could go one. away. <laughs> I think the I do think the Cardinals win this game, but the Vikings. The Vikings typically they always play competitive. Um, they 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 respond well. They're well coached. Don't um, even. I want the Cardinals to absolutely blow them out. Um, I want Kyler to run for two touchdowns and pass for four and absolutely slaughter you in fantasy. But I think I do think it's. I think that Titans game was a little bit of an anomaly. Um, we have to remember too. The first quarter of that game did not look as pretty for the Cardinals offense, Um, there was a ton of false starts, penalties, typical Cardinals stuff there. And so I do think it'll come back a little bit. I don't feel confident in that pick. I I don't really at at all. Like I said, I do think the Cardinals would take it, but if the line is three and a half, I would take the Vikings to keep it within a field goal.
0: I'm so confident in the Cardinals that I took them at four and a half. So I definitely picked Cardinals on that one. I think that um the specifically the Vikings secondary is not good and the Cardinals' wide receivers are really Very elite. So I think Kyler Murray is going to be able to take advantage of any type of broken play cuz that was really what kept the Vikings in that game against the Bengals was the fact that they were able to consistently get to Joe Burrow but Kyler Murray is quick he's a fast little guy he's elusive he could break off and run for a ton of yards if uh, if that pocket breaks down he's consistently still looking to throw it down the field and I don't trust anything about the Vikings secondary including Patrick Peterson he was good to us for a long time but he clearly stopped being good.
2: (laughs) Yeah, you sold me, Mike. I just upped my bet on the Cardinals for this weekend. Such
0: homers, dude.
2: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Fantasy-wise, is there
0: anyone in particular that you just absolutely say is a smash play or outside of maybe like the very obvious picks, like the obvious must-start?
2: Selfishly, I am hoping that Dalvin is the only Vikings that scores a touchdown. But realistically, honestly, whoever
1: <laughs>
2: I'm a homer, so whoever uh Murphy, Byron Murphy, right? Whoever Byron Murphy is guarding, I think that's probably gonna be Thielen this week. I think they're gonna shadow uh Jefferson, put Buddha over him kind of limit Jefferson. Although Thielen had the better game on Sunday, I think they're just, they're more scared of Jefferson's talent. I think Thielen can have a really, really good game.
1: Yeah, I think this game. As much a,
2: as that hurts.
1: <laughs> I think this game, it feels pretty straightforward from a fantasy stud standpoint. Like you're starting Justin Jefferson. You're starting Adam Thielen. You're starting Dalvin Cook. Um That's a fact. Cardinals side, yeah, it's Hopkins, um, it's Kyler. In this game, too, uh, you can coin flip, too. I mean, Chase Edmonds is going to be a good start, probably. He looks like he was still getting a decent amount of carries along with a few just enough catches, too. Um, We know that it's we're always one snap away from a James Conner injury, so there's way more hope and potential with Chase Edmonds um on the Cardinals side though the person i think the the one sneakier player to watch is watch rondale moore um he wasn't in on a ton of snaps last week but he still went like four for 68 and had five targets even with like a 20 25 snap share for the team there so clearly they're working him in on specific design plays and packages for him to get him more accustomed and used to the offense So if A.J. Green continues to pull A.J. Green things from the last three years, um, then I could easily see a scenario where, you know, Rondale Moore starts getting a little bit more incorporated, brought in, Um, along with we have to watch Christian Kirk thing is, he got overwritten. Uh, Nobody has paid attention to him since the AJ A.J. Green signing, but Christian Kirk He's struggled more with injuries than he has production. He's had games like this quite often over his last couple of years here. So if you give him some time to actually work, um, he's going to be getting the third corner. And the Cardinals, it looks like they're playing four wide receiver sets almost exclusively at this point in like the the real, like the, the Cliff Kingsbury system from college there. So if they're going to spread them out there, there's a lot of potential while AJ and Hopkins get most of the primary coverage. So this will be a, fun, I think this will be a fun game. Um, I feel like, Mike, do you see what's the, uh, the points, uh, the total points on this game? So I see it currently
0: as 50, I guess 51.
2: I have 50 and a half.
3: I have 50 and a half as well.
2: Okay,
1: I think I'd take the over in this game. I agree. Sounds good, guys. I think
2: this I think this game is going to be an electric game. I think it's going to be a shootout. I think both teams are going to have to pass the ball. Um I do like the Rondell Moore a lot. Christian Kirk. Um the only thing that I see with him is if you need an upside play. Beautiful beautiful matchup but he's such a boomer bust. If he doesn't hit, it's almost like he doesn't catch a ball. Like it's almost like he didn't play the game. So that's my only worry on Christian Kirk. Um, I think he can be, if he's their true number two, number three wide receiver, he can have a very, very good season. He's just, a little bit inconsistent for my blood, um, especially being a Cardinals fan, watching him in and out of the lineup. When he is in the lineup, he's either awesome or terrible. So that's a, in, he's an interesting player for me to watch rest of the season. That could bite me in the ass that I didn't pick him up, that I didn't want him. But he's
1: an interesting receiver for me to watch. Jake, uh, just a quick question, or actually, for both of you guys. So for with Christian Kirk, he's kind of thrown in that wide receiver three-ish type category there. Um, I know um, I've seen him compare with, like, Tim Patrick a lot in terms of pickups and stuff for this week. Would you start Christian Kirk or Tim Patrick? I would start Tim Patrick. Okay. Um, now, if you were unsure about who to put in your second flex but had a stack with Kyler, would you play Christian Kirk over Jalen Wild, just asking for a friend?
0: I personally would have answered oh my, don't Chris- answer this. I would have answered Christian Kirk to the first question because I really don't have that much faith in Tim Patrick personally as a player and I do have a lot of faith in Christian Kirk as a player. I I agree that he can be boom bust, but I also agree that most of the reason why he's felt like a disappointment to Cardinals fans is because he's been out of the lineup due to injury and when he's in there he makes himself known more often than not in my opinion so i, I would go with christian kirk especially with that that would be a mean stack if it's if, if need, it's a bo- if it's a boom if
2: if okay so i'll probably be i need in murray mike i know you're trying to help the people out but i need you to not do start sit decisions for matt's team against me I'd there's a lot of people asking that. jake there's a lot of people asking i'd greatly appreciate start sit decisions against me not be on this we're show. talking That'd about awesome. two
1: players that are playing on the same team in an important matchup that's just called a stack it's very relevant here jake
2: jake if
0: someone could have gone back in time and we did this podcast last week and i would have asked the question should i play raheem mostert or Devo Samuel, or Jerry Judy, <laughs> I would have liked someone to nudge me towards Debo Samuel and kick one of those
2: other two guys out. Yeah, again, that was against me, so I'm glad no one made start decisions against me in a podcast. That's great.
0: great. <laughs> Alright, let's go. <laughs> on. We have the Atlanta
2: Falcons
0: going to Tampa Ew. Bay to take on yeah. Tom Brady in what is honestly a tailor-made blowout if you ever saw one. But could the downturn of the Atlanta Falcons offense be more of an anomaly? Was that just a one-off? Or do you think that they're going to have a bounce-back game? Tampa Bay is favored by 12 in this game. Do you think that they are able to cover?
1: I I think they can. I think they can cover. Oh, I think it's been
0: bet up to 12 and a half.
1: Yeah. Okay, so there, I don't I don't want to bet this. I don't. Um I, I think Tampa is clearly I mean they're, they're clearly the better team. There's no question about that. Um Atlanta it, it, they they I mean there's a there are many inappropriate words and in terms that I could use to describe their performance uh last week. However, though, it, it's week 1. Um They consistently shown even even last year, it's like, I know they have a new offensive coordinator coming into, I mean, we'll coach offensive scheme a little bit, but I think they'll learn from a lot of the mistakes that they did last week and switch things up. They consistently tried to run and pull these deep, like seven, like seven step fallback play action passes against the Philadelphia Eagles D line that was just destroying him. Like Matt Ryan did not have time. If they that may have been a surprise to them, but you know what the Bucks defensive line can do. So I do think they'll be able to switch up the game plan a little bit. It's divisional opponents. Um, and so I think it'll be a little bit closer. My biggest takeaway from this game is whatever the over is, take it. I think there will be a lot of points scored. I don't know if Tom Brady can be stopped. He he ages backwards and they're oh. The weapons are just disgusting on that side
2: over the over right 52. now is 51 and a half yeah take that
1: 52. i will absolutely take that, that that's where we're talking about a point and a half difference from the cardinals and the vikings game and you've got tampa bay and no i, I think calvin ridley has a great game i think russell gage gets more engaged i think we see more from kyle pitts um, now on the Atlanta side there, I do think Mike Davis and Cordero Patterson, they don't have as good of a game unless it's in the pass catching zone, just because of how good Tampa is against the run. Um, and on the Tampa side, just pick one and whoever you have start them cause they could either have a great game or they could pull Mike Evans, but they're going to, there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game.
2: Yeah. So where I'm at, so I see 11 and a half. I actually just now bet with the Bucs on this one. I think they're going to absolutely dog walk the Falcons. I just didn't see much from the Falcons. I think it's going to be Jacksonville and the Falcons fighting for last place this season. I just didn't see much from the Falcons. I didn't think that they were a good team. I'll be very interested to see how they bounce back back against the buccaneers and yeah i took i took the buccaneers on this one i also parlayed it with the uh over so thanks for that matt i do appreciate that but yeah i i I just think the buccaneers are gonna they have 22 stars back it's they had a tough tough game against uh the cowboys on thursday night they grinded that out. They gritted that out. Yeah, I don't think the Falcons are nearly the same team as the Cowboys, so I'm very, very, very confident in the Buccaneers this week. Um, as far as fantasy, like Max said, whoever whoever you have, unless it's I have Rojo, so I'm not starting Rojo. Um, I still want to scout him, see what's going on. I think Antonio Brown is actually going to be a very, very awesome starter, flex, second wide receiver, rest of season. I think he's going to be closer to the Antonio Brown of early than he has been the Antonio Brown of late. I think he's going to be very, very good with this offense another year, another year of comfortability with Tom. Antonio Brown is basically Tom Brady's kid at this point. So I look for Antonio Brown to have a great game. Also a great season. So
0: let me go ahead and throw out a question for you guys here when it comes to the fantasy options Jake you mentioned you wouldn't start Ronald Jones I wanted to see if Matt disagreed with that take at all or if you think that um, Ronald Jones is just an absolute out because personally I thought that he is could be geared up for a bounce back game because the game script is going to lean in their favor where they're going to be up so they can just run the ball thoughts on Ronald Jones
1: um, you know it's gonna it's gonna be interesting because really last week we saw the way that the game script flowed with the Cowboys. It was closer. Um, Ronald Jones cannot catch the ball. He cannot like at all. Now, granted, Leonard Fournette didn't really make a great case for it either. He had the worst drop of all time that led to an interception, and then he had one of the best catches that a running back could make as Tom was falling down, pulling his best Patrick Mahomes impression from the Super Bowl. So. It, it. I mean. I don't know. Fournette got the first snap last week, and he was the first one on the series. So here's the catch: with the, with those running backs, you're essentially kind of flipping a coin, seeing okay, they're gonna the 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 Bucks are gonna score p- points. One of the two could easily end up being the one that's in that series and get a goal line touch and push it in. Do you know who? No. I think Ronald Jones is a better runner. I, like a pure runner. I think Fournette is probably a slightly overall more versatile back because he can kind of catch the ball sometimes. Not really, but kind of better than Ronald Jones. So we're comparing terrible and worse. But at the same time, it's, it's a coin flip. I would not want – I mean, I definitely wouldn't want to start them in either of your first two running back spots. If you're in like a double flex league, maybe a dynasty league where you have several flex spots, things like that, yeah, Matchup's good enough. You can. Um, there's better players that you could pick. Um, I would rank them out as like a like I don't know top thirty, top thirty six type range probably. So not a lot of confidence. But if they stumble into the end zone, the day is salvaged, and you know the Bucks are going to have good game script to work with.
2: Yeah, the only thing that if you're in a deeper league or you have a double flex or whatever the situation is the only thing that really gives me hope for that running back room is the fact that Bruce Arians basically came out and said that Ronald Jones is out of his doghouse so if he said that he's out of his doghouse then that means for Thursday night football against the Cowboys Ronald Jones was in the dog so Deep leagues, if you had to play somebody, Ronald Jones is somebody I could throw in, hoping for a touchdown and being the majority leader of carries on that team for this week. But as far as a week to week standard, just with Bruce Bruce Arians and his offense, you just you never know how he's feeling. So I'm um, I'm a little torn with with him rest of season, but I think this week in a deeper league, Rojo. If you needed to play him, you can plug him if you had nobody else in.
0: Sweet, sweet. Let's move on to the Tennessee Titans taking on the Seattle Seahawks. Tennessee, obviously, we talked about it before. They got worked pretty hard by the Arizona Cardinals. Seattle took on the Colts and an impressive performance on them, knocking out Carson Wentz's hopes to start off on a positive note with his new team. Ultimately, it looks like the Seattle Seahawks are favored. They're the home team. Fans are going to be back in the stands. Seattle is notorious for having a good home field advantage, and they're favored by five when I last saw it. What odds do you guys see on that?
2: So I see it right now at four and a half. This one's tough for me. Um, I think Tennessee, I think they're going to have a bounce back game for sure. I think they're a better team than what they showed against the Cardinals. Now at four and a half, do they cover? I might be leaning that way for they at least cover. I don't know if they win but I'm leaning on Tennessee this game.
3: I just assume from from
2: just preseason rankings and everything that they're better than what they showed on Sunday. And I could be wrong. This could bite me in the ass, but I just think that they're better than what they showed.
0: Matt, what do you think?
1: I see that point. I do. I do. And I do think Tennessee is a better team um, than what they showed up as on that game. Same time, I think they have a little bit of pride. They're a playoff team. You know, they 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 performed well the last two years specifically. Um I think they'll make their adjustments. And I I I, I now I have Seattle covering. Um, I don't see, I just I don't see who who on the Titans defense can guard DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Who what I think. I think I think DK could absolutely blow up this game um which um I'm I'm torn uh from a fantasy standpoint because oh. I know uh, uh J- Jake is playing him against me this week in our um you know our our primary league of record. You finally weeks. like one of my guys. Yeah, I- I've been honest. There just wasn't much to like with the others. So <laughs> um but at the same time, I am also I also own DK in uh, two other leagues as well, and I'm starting them. So this game will be interesting, too, because um, at least to sum up the game itself, I have Seattle winning. I think they play a very efficient brand of football. They're at home. It is crowd noise. That's going to be a lot. Russell Wilson is efficient as all hell with that. I don't think Tennessee has a good enough run defense to like even like completely shut down Chris Carson to where then Russ has to completely focus on the passing game. And if you give Seattle balance, you're done. Because they're so good at picking the right time to take their shot and uh, make those shots down the field. So from that standpoint, I I have Seattle covering. um, I do think this game could be very high scoring, though, um, because I do fully expect bounce back and more efficient games from Derrick Henry, Julio Jones, A.J. Brown. Um, I still, yeah. Seattle smoked the Colts, but, but but it's the Colts. I have a lot more faith in the Titans' offense, offensive weapons. So, what's the uh, what's the total po- uh, the point projection that you have on there for this game?
0: That I'm looking for right now.
2: I, I have fifty three and a half.
1: Okay, yeah. That so that is high scoring. I have um, fifty four. Shit. Okay.
2: So this is the heck second, sorry. Uh third highest scoring game
1: of uh the week that I have. Dang. Okay, I was going to say I would take I was going to I was leaning that I would take the over, but that's that's 27 like for each team there plus well then I mean you have Seattle there. That's that's tough. I I think I would still lean the over though. A little bit because i think seattle will jump out to a hot start and then tennessee will find a way to come back and keep things tight and interesting um yeah see and, and if
0: that happens in my opinion i think that the opposite of the game script is going to happen where an under is going to be more likely because if seattle jumps out early that's going to limit the amount of times that they're want to going to want to go to derrick henry and derrick henry is kind of the engine in that team i mean granted they'll be having to throw themselves back in it so maybe it turns into that type of a shootout but i feel like when tennessee goes down early their game script suffers
2: yeah especially watching it uh watching last sunday's game derrick henry could not get anything going and the moment that that happened, it almost looked like the Titans were out of the game. So I think, the yeah, I can see you're rather. under, I can see you're under hitting Mike on that one, because if they could, if they can limit Derek Henry and they can't load the box and they have to, and Seattle spreads out to guard the defense, I could, I could see it being tough for Tennessee.
0: So let's go ahead and move to fantasy options the one guy that i truly had to make a case for i didn't grab him everywhere but i wanted to is ryan Tannehill when it was draft season and i think that it is way too soon to give up on that guy you drafted him to be your week-to-week starter he's not necessarily that streaming option you use the draft capital to actually you know not that it was like high draft capital but it was draft capital for a starting quarterback and Uh, I don't see a way that this offense with A.J. Brown and Julio Jones don't allow for, you know, Ryan Tannehill to have great fantasy weeks. What are your guys' thoughts on
1: that, on Ryan
0: Tannehill and just
1: fantasy options for this game in general? All about Tannehill. I do think last week was an anomaly. And really, it's just this, this game, I think, is very easy. It's the people that you drafted from these teams, you start them. You, you start Henry, you start Julio, you start AJ. On Seattle's side, you start Carson, you start uh, DK, and you start Lockett. Um, everyone else is, you can and pay Russ. attention. Yeah. Yeah. And Russ, of course. But I think this game's pretty simple. I don't really have much to say from a fantasy side. You start your guys. I think there's going to be points scored.
2: Yeah. I'm in the same boat. Cool. Throw them all in. Whoever you got in this matchup, there's going to be a ton of points scored. It's gonna be a very fun, interesting game. Let the chips fall where they may on this on this matchup.
0: All righty. So let's go ahead and move on to Dallas Cowboys taking on the Los Angeles Chargers. And uh Los Angeles is finally getting their home debut inside SoFi, their shared home inside SoFi. Do they have enough get- home fans to fill it up within LA? Or do you think? The Dallas Cowboys is going to turn that into an actual home game for them.
1: More disappointment for the Cowboys fans after the Chargers win.
0: <laughs> Dallas is uh uh is getting three points
1: in this game. Chargers are favored by three.
0: Last I saw it. Do you guys see a different spread?
1: Uh that's what no, that's that's what I had, or that's what I saw.
3: Wait, and and you think they cover that, Matt? Think they win by a field goal? You're calling a push.
0: Pick a side. Pick
1: a side. I'll take the Chargers then. Um, and so part of the reason why there's going to be a couple things. So Randy Gregory on the Cowboys, the Cowboys have one. The only thing that that defense has it was a pass rush. And now, I mean, granted that didn't do much against the uh, you know Buccaneers offensive line last week. But if we saw today, DeMarcus Lawrence just broke his foot. He's out indefinitely at this point. Randy Gregory is still on the COVID list. He will not be back by the time that this game plays. The Cowboys don't have anyone on defense. And the Chargers just had the, the highest third down conversion percentage uh, in the last like, 15 years in the NFL against Washington. They went 14 of 19. If you saw Rashawn Slater, the left tackle that the Chargers drafted earlier this year, eliminated Chase Young to the point where they had to move Chase Young to the opposite side of the line in mid-game just to try to create some pressure. (laughs) Justin Herbert was pressured on 12% of his dropbacks. Their line actually looks good. And as a lifelong Chargers fan, I've never been able to say that. Since maybe 2006, when Ladanian Tomlinson was the Christian McCaffrey of the fantasy league and whatnot, uh, Herbert looks like Herbert. Uh, now the on, on the Chargers side, so I do think they'll call take them covering there. But there's two things to point out with the Chargers that I saw: is number one, from a fantasy standpoint, Mike Williams was schemed into that game plan quite heavily to the point where they were running a lot of action directed towards him as a pure X receiver. Now, Joe Lombardi came over from the um, Saints in the off season. So we've got, you've got Austin Eckler. He didn't get any uh, receptions last week or targets there. I do think that was partially because of the hamstring injury that he had been suffering. So they were kind of easing him into the game plan um, along with rookie fourth rounder, Larry Roundtree um but the thing is mike williams now mike williams came out today at a press conference and even said he's like man it looked like those tampa bay receivers were having a lot of fun last week i'm looking forward to this matchup so i i don't see how how are you going to stop you can't stop keenan allen in one-on-one coverage you can't and now you have mike williams going there to justin herbert a good offensive line which is giving him time I think the Chargers end up winning this game simply because of an efficient game plan and Justin Herbert showing up, whereas the Chargers did. It was playing Washington, but the defense showed up. Derwin James was Pro Football Focus's top graded defensive player of the week in his first game back. I love you, Derwin, and that was great to see. And so I, I, I just think overall the Chargers have a better defense, and that will end up being the tiebreaker in this game.
2: Yeah, so this game for me was very, very, very tough because I see both sides of it. I'm, I see the Chargers. I see their talent. I see Justin Herbert taking that next year forward, taking that next step forward, just being a really I, – I truly believe that the Chargers can be a good team. Dallas just showed – that they are still a good team. They only lost to Tampa by what? Three points. I think it was the final score. Um, Two points. Yeah. Um, So this game was very, very tough for me. I wanted to lean Dallas because of the points, not Dallas money line, but Dallas points. I think I'm going to lean the Chargers now because of the uh, injury to DeMarcus. But this is a tough line for me. I think this is also the highest tied with the highest over under on the week at 55 and a half. So they're projecting a shootout on this one which I appreciate because I have five
0: players in my starting lineup in this game. Yeah, yeah, you do. You start your uh,
1: fantasy options this game. The people you drafted, you start them.
2: Yeah, oh, for sure. So fantasy, for fantasy, I really actually love pretty much everybody in this matchup. Um, You're going to start CD. You're starting Zeke. I know you had a rough week, and you're questioning if you still like him or not you like zeke um on charger side you love keenan uh mike williams i think is going to be until he falls way too hard uh he's going to be a very very good receiver for the chargers uh number two so yeah this line's tough for me i i've been going back and forth with this line this entire time. And I have no clue what I'm doing, honestly.
1: Last real quick point I'll make about this game, too, is yes, Dallas just barely lost to Tampa Bay. At the same time, Tampa Bay actually set an NFL record for being the first team to ever win a game after giving up four turnovers, over 450 yards total, and trailing at a point in the fourth quarter and still won. I don't see the chargers turning the ball over four times and i don't see the cowboys defense being able to stop them in that sense so that's where i'm saying i think the chargers win because they actually don't pull a traditional chargers move and have inefficient turnovers and ridiculous ways to lose a game
2: yeah um in that regard they also played against tom brady so tom brady is the only quarterback in the world that could come back from that type of turnover differential like i think with a negative three turnover differential you only win nine percent of the time 12 or nine percent of the time depends on your quarterback they also got that many turnovers out of that team um So there is that aspect. If you want to play that game, they created those turnovers. So, yeah, I just, if I'm going to pick one, I think I'll take Dallas in the points, but I'm definitely taking the Chargers money line but yeah. I might take Dallas in the points.
0: To to echo both of your
2: statements, I I truly love
0: the Chargers in this matchup. I think that Dak Prescott and Justin Herbert are both great quarterbacks, but that gets points. So that works in my favor if I take Dallas in the points. So, uh it, it, you and we saw pretty often last year before Dak got hurt, if they are behind, he can get garbage time touchdowns and cover so that's what makes me feel like that is the safer side of that bet. Um, I agree, but uh, but ultimately, it's going to be a really exciting game. That's all I know. That, that's going to be
2: a fun, fun one. Game. That's going to be a real fun game.
0: So let's kick it off to Sunday night football, where Kansas City goes to Baltimore, and what's also going to be an extremely fun game. This one is not for Baltimore. <laughs> going to be. Amazing Patrick Mahomes takes on Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes just beat up on another beat up on quote unquote, by coming back and ripping their hearts out of the Cleveland Browns. Now they have to go face the Ravens who just had their own hearts ripped out. Um, And it's going to be another high over under game. It's going to be another shootout type of scenario. Potentially Lamar struggles playing from behind. He likes playing from with a lead. Patrick Mahomes, the king of playing from behind outside of Tom Brady. No lead is too high for him. I see Baltimore getting three and a half points at home. So Kansas City is favored here. I'll throw it to Matt
1: first. What do you think is going to happen on this game? I think the Chiefs cover this one, and it's fairly easily. And um, part of the reason I say that, too, is this uh, this Ravens team is not the same as uh, some of the past years, where they've been able to consistently rely on the uh, defense to really minimize and kind of keep things in control. Derek Carr is the league's leading passer after Week One. Okay, Marcus Peters tore his ACL. A play after Gus Edwards tore his ACL, which is after the rest of the backs popped something. The Ravens are cursed this year. They just, it feels like they are cursed at this point. Not only did you have the worst off season luck with injuries, you just had your heart torn out by the damn Raiders. They raided their hearts and they took it and they're just running. Oh, it's, it's bad. It's bad. And so the catch is I see the chiefs getting out to an early lead here. um, And the catches, like you said, I I thought you could have stopped when you said Lamar Jackson struggles, um, not struggles passing the ball. (laughs) so you don't have to keep bearing it though like jesus so anyways but when it comes to that it's i know i do think the chiefs are going to really be able to um just really just like stick a knife in and then slowly turn it watch Tyreek go for another 150 yards kelsey do
3: his thing and lamar